Pat, pat. From Ephesians 4, 17 to 32. Now, how many of you, how many of you love pat, pat? Anybody love it? Anybody like it? I used to absolutely love it as a child going up. And you'll be happy to know it has nothing to do with the sermon whatsoever. <laughs> except, except that it is short for putting off and putting on. Putting off and putting on. Do you see it? Do you see the link? Okay, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's move on. Uh, if you've got the Bible open in front of you and uh, you have a look at the passage, notice verse 22, it says, put off your old self. If you want to put off your old self, put on your new self or put on your new self. Now, when you look at that in the Bible and you look at that in the passage, it may seem that it's a one-off thing, that this, this, this put off and this Put on, But in fact, when it comes to the Greek, it says this, keep putting off your old self, Christian. Keep putting on your new self, Christian. And the imagery here is that of taking off or changing clothes. We need to continually take off the old clothes. We need to continually put on the new clothes. And Christian, this putting off and this putting on is something that you will do until the day that you die. It is a big passage. I'm going to take the whole lot in one go. It's one message. It's coming hard. It's coming straight. It's coming quick. Hold on to your seat. Pay attention. Stick in here as we look at what does it mean to put off and put on. Here's our first heading. The permanent clothes of unrighteousness. Have a look at verse 17 and 18, how Paul starts in this passage. So he says, he says, I tell you and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding. They are separated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Now, what these verses are saying is this, that Christian, before you were a Christian, when you were outside of Christ, when you were separated from the, from the, from the life of God, you were permanently clothed in unrighteousness. Before you were a Christian, it was like you permanently had dirty clothes on you that you could never change. You were permanently clothed in unrighteousness. Now look at the passage and look at the words that is used. You were clothed in futility, verse 17. You were clothed in darkness, verse 18. You were clothed in ignorance, verse 18. You were clothed in a hardening of heart, verse 18. Let me unpack that a little bit for you. When we were outside of Christ, when we did not know him, we had futile thinking. That word futile means empty. Before we were Christians, we had empty thinking. It might have been the emptiness of, 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 of bowing down in superstitious idolatry to a river or a cow or the stones of Stenhenge or to the sun, the moon, and the stars. Or it might have been the emptiness of popular religion 
that deceased non-Christians, whether atheist or not, they're all up above smiling down on us. Or they live forever in our hearts. Empty myth. Or the empty thinking that if there is a God, he'll weigh our good deeds and our bad deeds. But God will find that our good deeds outweigh our bad deeds, so God will let us into heaven. Empty thinking. Or the empty thinking that, well, if they're, the empty thinking that I just don't think much about God, even if he exists, no matter what he is like. We were all dressed permanently in futile thinking. But verse 18, we were also dressed in darkened understanding and ignorance that comes from a hardened heart. In a single dress size, what that simply means is this, that we were spiritually blind to Christ. We were ignorant of him. We could not see him. We did not know him. We couldn't see his beauty and his wonder and his splendor. To have a hardened heart means that we deliberately suppressed the truth of who God is. We didn't want to know him. And our hearts were so turned towards him, against him. That's what it means to be dressed in unrighteousness. And if you've got the passage in front of you, have a look what, how people live. People that are permanently dressed in unrighteousness, which is what we were before we came to Christ. Look at how they live. Look at the deeds. Look what comes out. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Another translation at the end says, with a continual lust for more. What that simply means is this, that when we were non-Christians and we had these dark, futile, empty, ignorant minds, how we lived, we lived for self. We live for self-gratification. That was the direction, the flow, the pattern, and the purpose of our lives. And we went for it more and more and more. There was a continual lust to live for self. Christian, you were permanently clothed in unrighteousness. If you're not a Christian here this morning, if you do not know Jesus, you are right now permanently clothed in unrighteousness. But there are the permanent clothes of righteousness. And I want you to have a look there. That's part of verse 24. You have been created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now what that means is this. Christian, you were permanently clothed in righteousness, but now you have been permanently clothed in the righteousness of Christ. As a Christian, by the gift of grace, through faith in Jesus, through his death and resurrection, you have now been recreated. You've been reformed. You've been refashioned. You've been recreated to be like God in righteousness and holiness. Now, what on earth does that mean? I'm going to try and give you a picture that might be hopefully helpful. Does anybody know what that is? Oh, the color's a bit off. You. Anybody know what that is or what that might be? 
If you're a golfing enthusiast, you might know. I know, okay, I'll tell you what, it, it looks like it's supposed to be green. Spo oh, there we go. Ooh, okay, thanks, Simon. Hey, that makes it, the lights are being switched on. All right, um, what, what is that? That is the, that's a green jacket, right? It is the Augusta green jacket. Anybody switching off at this going, uh, uh. right, this is the jacket that you get if you win the Augusta Masters golf tournament. It is a single-breasted, single-vent garment signifying victory at the greatest golfing tournament in the world, which is Augusta. Christian, by grace, through faith in Christ, you have received Christ's holy, permanent, righteous jacket. That's what's happened when you become a Christian. You have been dressed in the jacket of his holiness. You've been dressed in the jacket of his righteousness. Not because you won, but because he won. When we come to faith in Christ, we wear, we wear his obedience, his perfect obedience of life. And we wear the benefits of his death at the cross. So what that means is this, to be permanently clothed in the jacket of Christ's righteousness, it doesn't just mean that we are declared righteous. It's not just that God sees us as righteous because of Jesus, but we are righteous. We are. Look at it again in, 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 in the scriptures. We have been made like God. We have been changed. We have been made righteous, not just in declaration, but on the inside by the Spirit of God who dwells in those who believe in Jesus. In other words, to have Christ's holy jacket means that we, that, that, that we are seen as holy by the Father because of Jesus, and we are holy. We are because of Christ. So Christian, you were permanently clothed in a jacket of unrighteousness. Now by faith in Christ, you have been permanently clothed in the righteous jacket of Christ. Now here's the thing about that Augusta jacket. You might not know this. When you're the winner and you, get, you win the tournament and they put the jacket on you, you're only allowed to keep it for a year. And then you have to give it back. There was one particular South African player that actually took it all the way back to South Africa and didn't return it, but that's another story. <laughs> when it comes to this permanent jacket of righteousness that Christ has given you, it's permanent. It's yours. You don't give it back. You can't give it back. It's never changed. It's yours. Christian, you are, you are permanently clothed in the righteous jacket of Christ. Isn't that a wonderful thing? But, let's get on with that jacket. But, there is still the need for the constant changing of clothes. 
You are permanently dressed in Christ, right? In His righteousness. But you still need to change your clothes constantly. Now, hopefully, as we look at verse 22 and 24, we'll understand it. So look at it, verse 22. And I've just tweaked it slightly from the, from the English translation so we can get at it. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to keep putting off the old things of your, or put off the things of your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires. We'll come back to it. And look at it in verse 24. And to keep putting on the things of the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We've got this permanent righteousness that's been given to us that we're wearing. But we still need to keep putting off those things that belong to the old self and put on those things now that belong to this new self that we've been given. Let me explain it like this. So as a non-Christian, you could put it like this. As a non-Christian, the only thing that you had was, it was the old you. That, that's all you had. It was just, it was the old you. It was, it was the you. The only thing you had was the you that lived for you. You become a Christian and, and you get this new righteousness and you get this new, new self. You've got this new self now that lives for Jesus, wants to live for Jesus, has desires for Jesus, but the old self is still there. Now look at it in verse 22 again. I hope it's going to come up. Look at the old self. What's the old self? It's still there, but what's it doing? It's still corrupted by what? Deceitful desires. So you're a Christian. You've got this new self, but it's got this, you've still got the old self, and this old self is generating evil desires. The old self in you is still wanting you to live for self-gratification. Whereas the new self within you wants to live for Christ gratification. And although there's another whole long sermon, those two things are always at war within you. There is the new self that wants to live for Christ. There is the old self that wants to live for self. And these two things create this constant war, this struggle. And you can go and have a look at Romans chapter 7 to see that. So you see it? You're dressed in a beautiful green jacket of Christ's righteousness. Never to be lost. Never. Because you've got that, but we've still got this old self generating a whole lot of self in there. Anything that belongs to the old self, what do you got to do? Change it. Take it off. And that stuff that will belong to the new self, which is living for Christ, what do you got to do? Put it. Put it on. Take it off. Put it on. Take it off. Put it on. That is the Christian life. And as I said, it's an enormous struggle at times, isn't it, brothers and sisters? But the question is what? How? How do I do that? How do I, how do I keep doing this putting off and putting on? Well, there needs to be the constant changing of your mind. 
your mind. Now look at the text, and this is verse 23. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. If you're going to keep putting off the stuff that belongs to the old and put on the stuff that belongs to the new, the way you're going to do that is that you have to be continually transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember Romans chapter 12 verse 1? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now what does that mean? What does that look like in practice? Here's what it means. It means that when your old self is generating that stuff that wants to live for self, you have to remember who you are. When the old self is generating old stuff and old gratification, you need to remember that you have been permanently dressed in the righteousness of Christ, and you have been recreated in the image of God for holiness and righteousness. Let me put it like this. As we remember that we have been created by God for holiness and righteousness, as we remember that we have now been permanently dressed in the righteousness of Christ, when that is, 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 when that is front and central, it is then that we will put off and put on, put off and put on. Another way, to be, to be made new in the attitude of your mind means that you need to ever remember through the word of God that we are no longer dead in our sins. We need to remember that we're no longer enslaved to ourselves. We're no longer enslaved to the power of the devil. We're no longer objects of wrath, Ephesians chapter 2. And we need to remember we've been recreated in the image of Christ. We've been dressed in his righteous jacket. We've been made alive in Christ. We've been given his Holy Spirit. We've been created as a, as a grace masterpiece in order to do good works. In other words... Who you are in Christ, what Christ has done in you, that has got to get washed and washed and washed and washed and washed through your mind. That's where the renewing takes place. Let me pull this down a level or two to get it real simple. Christian, when you think like a pagan, you behave like one. When you think like a Christian... You behave like one. When your brain, when your heart, when your mind, when it's continually washed in the truth of who you have been recreated to be, you continually put off those desires of the old self. And you put on those things that belong to the new self. That God has given you. What this means is that when it comes to putting off and putting on, you don't start with your behavior. Oh no, I did it again. I'll never do it again. No, it's not where you start. You start with who you are. 
Who are you in Christ? Are you this new creation? Are you this new self? What is this heart that Christ has given you? Because it's this new righteous self that has been given to you by the predestining grace of God. That's the control center of your behavior. Maybe I can put it like this. You won't become more godly by focusing on your ungodly behavior. You will become more godly when you focus on who you are in Christ, that you've been dressed with the green jacket of righteousness and holiness. Which is why Paul takes at least eight verses to get to verse 25. Therefore, what's he saying? Before I tell you to put off and put on, before I tell you what you should be putting off and putting on, therefore, therefore what? Therefore in everything what? In view of everything that I've just told you, in view of who you are, what Christ has done. Now, now, let me tell you what to put off and what you need to put on. Let me run them through for you. Ooh, there's number one. Number one, keep in view of who you are, in view of the new self, in view of the righteous jacket of Christ, keep putting off falsehood and keep putting on truth. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for you're all members of one body. In view of who you are, Christian, put off falsehood, put off lies, put off half-truths, put off exaggerated truths, put off slander, put off gossip, put off damning with faint praise, put off hypocritical criticism, and put on truth, put on speaking in truth, put on telling the truth, put on honesty, put on integrity in view of who you are, put off false, put on the truth. Secondly, in who... In line with who you are, keep putting off sinful anger. Keep putting on peacemaking. Have a look at it in verse 26, 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. There is a very appropriate place for anger, for righteous anger in the Christian faith. It is entirely appropriate to be angry when, when brothers and sisters in Christ around the world are being mercilessly persecuted. There is a righteous anger when we are hurt by someone. When we hurt someone, there should be a righteous anger. There should be a righteous anger against all forms of abuse and, 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 and injustice. But what Paul is saying is, in view of who you are, put off indulging in that anger, because when you indulge in it, where does it go? It goes from righteous anger to unrighteous anger. Don't indulge in your anger, because the righteous anger of man doesn't, the anger of man does not lead to the righteous life that God requires. James chapter 1 verse 20. So remember the context. The context is the body of Christ. Put off indulging in your anger against your brother and sister in Christ. Put off, put off, put off that anger that you have because your brother and sister in Christ hurt you. 
put off that, 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 uh, that, that anger of, of wanting to pay them back, to, to hurt them, to retaliate. Put it off. Put off the eye for an eye and the tooth for the tooth. Put off that sort of anger and put on forgiveness. Put on long-suffering. Put on patience. Put on wanting to make peace. Put on reconciliation. Put on restoration. Here's number three. Put off Therefore, keep putting off taking and keep putting on giving. Have a look at verse 28. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Do something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. I hope that you understand that stealing is more than just taking something that belongs to you or not paying for something that you've taken. Keep putting off. What you've borrowed but haven't returned. Put off overcharging clients. Put off avoiding your taxes. Put off falsifying claims. Put off extravagantly and excessively spending on yourself so that you're not giving to the needs of brothers and sisters. Not providing for your family well. Not giving to the gospel work. Not giving to those who may be poor. Put off hands that Take and put on hands that give. Put on hands that are generous. Put on hands that are others. Put on hands that are for the needs of others. Put on the hands that see others' needs more important than your own. Put off taking. Put on giving. Put on hard work so that we actually have something to give and contribute to the needs of others. Here's another one. Therefore, keep putting off rotten speech and keep putting on wholesome speech. Have a look at verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs so that it may benefit others. That word unwholesome in the Greek means rotten. Rotten. Put off rotten speech. Put off vulgar speech. Put off uh, uh, damaging gossip. Put off spiteful criticism. Put on wholesome language. Put on words that are uplifting. Words that are edifying. Words that are building up. Words that soothe. Words that comfort. Words filled with empathy and compassion. Put on those sort of words. Put on words that are seasoned with salt and full of grace is really what Paul is saying. Put off a mouth full of filth and put on a mouth full of goodness. Paul's saying, really, Christian, in view of who you are, train your mouth to be godly. Number five. Keep putting off malice. Keep putting on kindness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. There it is again in view of who you are. Just, just put, off, uh, put off that resentful, bitter, envious, ragey, temperous, 
seethingly, fightingly, slanderously, gossipy behavior, put off all form of malice. Do you know what the, the word malice means? It means the desire to hurt someone. It means that you can hurt someone because you can. You can hurt someone because you've got the power to do so. Or you can hurt someone because they hurt me. Put it off. And put on kindness and put on compassion. Put on patience. Put on forgiveness. I guess what Paul is really saying is put on love, right? Have a look at this. Greatest words ever penned about love. And uh, love's in the air at the moment, isn't it? Claire and Warren. Sorry, that slipped out. Um, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Love does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Just look at that list with me. Put off impatience. Put off unkindness. Put off enviousness. Put off self-boasting. Put off pride. Put off the dishonoring of others. Put off self-seeking. Put off that easy anger. Put off that keeping a record of wrongs. What are you going to put on? Put on patience. Put on kindness. Put on Christ-exalting. Put on humility. Put, us, put on honoring of others. Put on patience. Put on delighting in the truth. Put on protection. Put on trust. Put on hope. Put on perseverance. Put these things on because they are the very center of the new self which is the gratification of Christ, which is the glorification for him. So, let me wrap up this way and say a couple of things. Here's the thing, Christian, here's the, here's the very hub, here's the, here's the exhortation of this passage in a, in a nutshell. Christian, you need to keep changing your clothes. You need to keep taking off the things that belong to the old self, right? And you need to keep putting on the things that belong to the new self. How do you do that? You do that through the, through the constant renewing, the constant washing of your mind. And, and, and what that means is this. It means that you need to remember, you need to be washed over and over, that you have been permanently clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You've got his glorious green jacket. But I wonder if you picked up some of the other motivations in the passage. We also put off and put on because why? We're, poor, we're members of one body. Did you see that in verse 25? Because we're one. We're brothers and sisters for the South Africans and the brews and sisters. We're one. We're together. We're, we're, we're a unit. This is us. Uh, we, we also put off and put on because we don't want to give the devil a foothold. He, you don't want to give, do you want to, 
if, 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 if you, if you, if you want to put on the things of the old self and put off the things of the new self, you just give the devil a foothold. And I'll tell you this. You don't want to give him a, a foothold in your life and you don't want to give him a foothold in this church. Give him a foothold, you wreck everything. Wreck everything. Well, he will wreck everything. We put off because we're permanently clothed in Christ. We put off and put on because we're members of one body. We put off and put on because we don't want to give the devil a foothold. We, we, look at it in verse 30. That we, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, understand this. You can't lose the permanent green jacket, but you can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can grieve our Father in heaven. We can grieve the Lord who bought us. We can grieve the Spirit who dwells within us. We don't want to do that, do we? I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And another reason we put off and put on, hope you picked it up, and that's in verse, uh, uh, verse 31, 32, that, that we put off and put on because Christ... Christ has been so kind, so gracious, so forgiving. Put off unkindness. Put off ungraciousness. Put off unforgiveness. Put on kindness. Put on graciousness. Put on forgiveness. Why? Because that's how Christ has treated us. That's how Christ treats us. So, here's the question. Are you permanently clothed in the righteousness of Christ? Maybe I could put it this way. Are you dressed for Jesus today? Are you wearing him? Are you wearing his green jacket of righteousness and holiness? Are you wearing that? Are you? Well then... Pat pat. You know what I mean. If you are, pat pat. Pat off and pat on. You know what I mean. No? You know whether you're sitting here dressed in Christ. You know that. You know whether you're sitting here and you've still got that dark, empty, futile, ignorant, mind, hardened heart that is just separated from the life of God. You, you don't have his righteousness. You don't have this new self. You don't have these desires and these longings for, for, for godliness and holiness. If that's you this morning, I simply want to ask you to do this. Let Christ dress you. When our children were small, and I'm talking about all of us here, not just our children. When your children are small, really small, the one thing that you have to do for them is what? Besides change their nappy. What do you have to do? You have to dress them, don't you? Little Baba, squigging around, doing its thing. You have to dress that baby. You have to dress... That child, a, a, a small baby is unable to dress themselves. They cannot do it. Mommy or daddy must do it. You see, when you're clothed in the permanent, when you've got the, the, the permanent clothes of unrighteousness, you can't 
undress yourself. And you can't dress yourself in Christ. You can't do it. You cannot put His clothes on. You have to come to Him and let Him dress you. He has to put His clothes on you. And He does that when you trust Him. That He lived for you. That He died for you. That He rose for you. He will raise you one day. And you'll live with him forever. Then he will clothe you. Do you remember what Jesus said? Come to me. If you don't become like a, what? A little child, you cannot, what? You can't enter the kingdom of God if you don't become like a child. So let me put it into this context. Unless you become like a child that lets Christ dress you, you can't enter the kingdom of God. Let him dress you. Let him dress you. Let him clothe you. With himself. He is glorious. Isn't he? He's marvelous. He's wonderful. He's the prince of peace. Let him dress you. In his splendor. Music team. We've got to sing about it. So come up. Take a moment to reflect. And we're going to sing.